don't remind me of that, Steve. I, uh, well, I'm sorry, but you know uh, we do have to discuss these things. <laughs> uh, we, we we do. It's just uh, uh, you know to get twelve percent and for the tri county vote, there was six six percent of the eligible voters. Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local FM radio dial for Franklin Mass 102.9. It was a council meeting last night, so we're doing town council quarterbacking this morning with our town council chair and newly re-elected as chair as well. Tom, congratulations on a couple of counts, and welcome this Thursday morning. Thank you, Steve. Uh, and uh, it's nice to be here again. And looks like we'll be here again for another year uh, doing these quarterbacking sessions. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I'll take the opportunity since we're here to thank the voters of Franklin for uh, reelecting me to the council and thank my colleagues on the town council for reelecting me as chair. I appreciate the support from all. Yes. And for those listeners who may not be aware, certainly if you're new here, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Continue to come back. We do this generally right after each council meeting, but our schedules may change a little bit, but we do try to get to it. Uh, and Clearly, we effectively, we're trying to answer two questions. Okay, what just happened? <laughs> and what does it mean for us Franklin residents and vote and taxpayers? Um, and clearly, we've got two two elections, really, to recap briefly, because I don't think we've talked about the tri-county election in terms of the results. Positively voting to say, yes, we do need to build the school. And then on the November election, November 7 election, which re-elected you and the full council, we also passed the debt exclusion for Tri-County. Exactly. The opportunity to for us to borrow in a debt exclusion matter. Yes. And that uh, we'll get into a little bit uh, more as because you get the tax rate hearing next week. But from, as we get into the budget cycle, now at least when the bill starts coming due for Tri-County, we don't have to take $2 million immediately off the operations budget Thank and God. try to balance that. Exactly. It, it gives us the funding source to borrow to uh, pay for our portion, whatever that portion may be uh, at the time of construction. And, you know, that's still a couple uh, of years away, best guess two or three years away before right. uh, we start seeing that or before the residents will start seeing that on their tax bill. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be additional communications. One's clearly, Absolutely. oh, by the way, the groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. And then that'll kick off at some point in time. They're going to have to start paying for the bonds that they'll have issued. And then we'll be getting our portion accordingly. But yeah, it's it's going to be a couple of years away. Yeah. And then is uh, the re-election of or the reorganization of the council based upon your procedures and process? Uh, each year you reorganize, but then you had to reorganize specifically because you could have had new counselors. And in this case, you really just re, re the new, the nine came forward again and you still reorganized. And at this point, 
respectfully, I think most people would say, well, why change the leadership if things are going so well? You realistically, as we've talked before, you accomplished a lot in the last two years. Might as well continue with that team to continue to work to do what you need to do. And I think that was the feeling of the council as all nine of us were reelected. And I'll take the opportunity to say thank you for my fellow councilors to the voters of Franklin for electing the entire uh, nine incumbents back to the council. And I agree with you. And I think the council, uh, we do as a whole, uh, we did accomplish an awful lot in the last two years. And I think the feeling on the council was, hey, we've got a freight train moving here. Uh, let's keep it chugging along. Let's keep things the same and move forward. So that's was kind of the thought process that the council uh, was looking at as uh, we uh, were talking about swearing in uh, of the uh, election of new offices. Mm -hmm. so. Yep. And then related to that, you did, as part of your process, approve your town council procedures guide, which effectively controls how you do things within the council in operation of your meetings, conduct of your meetings, et cetera, et cetera. And then later in the session, also established a subcommittee to you know, relook at it and say, okay, do we really need to do anything else with this? All, all of this is a work in progress, always. So uh, by statute, we're required to vote the town council procedures manual, manual on an annual basis. And at the same time, I feel uh, that we should also annually look at things that we may want to tweak a little, uh, I mean, uh, we've had uh, we had a brief discussion about uh, um, whether we wanted to continue with uh, future agenda items and and councilor comments. Could we combine the two rather than going through the council twice? Sure. And uh, you know that's one of the things we talked about. Uh, well, do we really want to do that or not? Mm -hmm. But. That's why we uh, decided to put together a review committee to take a look at our, our procedures manual to make sure uh, it's continuously updated and uh, little tweaks we want to make, uh, we make through the course of the year so that at the next um, uh, annual election of officers, uh, when we vote the procedures manual, uh, we vote the updated version. Mm -hmm. So so that's the process. <laughs> yes. And it, it's important to understand, because I think it's part of the transparency that helps, clearly the trust that gets built over time. You have a process, you're doing things, clearly we're helping TV, radio, and my reporting to make that available to the people. Um, so that there's no, there should not be an issue of why are they doing that? <laughs> there may still be, you miss a detail along the way, but the details are important. And that's why we're trying to do this. And you can find the answers to those details uh, now so much easier than we could 10 years ago. <laughs> right. And if you go looking and you can't find it, people can reach out to you, me. There's Absolutely. plenty of opportunities to talk to anybody, reach out. To, to Jamie and his staff, et cetera, or any of the councils. I know you've got your phone numbers, your emails on the council page. So you're always open to that. Exactly. Right. And then related to that, 
um, and respectfully, it was kind of glossed over, acknowledged, but glossed over to the extent that the review that generally is done, especially when you have new counselors on the open meeting law and privacy and public records and what you can do and can't do, to the extent that the council had already learned and been in, in, in uh, operation for the past two years, you really didn't have to spend time. They did have an opportunity to ask questions. And as I recall, I don't think there was any questions. Uh, no, there weren't. And uh, that's a case where annually uh, or uh, as uh, a new term starts, uh, generally, you know, sometimes there's one, two, three, four, five different new counselors mm -hmm. uh, that have not uh, been exposed to uh, these public meeting laws and so forth, open meeting laws. So our town attorney generally gives a a brief presentation as to the do's and don'ts and the can and cannots mm -hmm. uh, of uh, uh, being a counselor. So uh, we were able to bypass that and just kind of open it up to if there was any questions from any counselors and there weren't last night, everybody's pretty comfortable knowing what they can and can't do. Yeah. So. Yeah. So respectfully, if, you had done otherwise, it may have been more of a two-hour meeting instead of an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> You're exactly. You're exactly. Right. Uh, Which is why we condense it to 20, 30 minutes or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. So diving into the, you had a relatively full agenda in terms of the diversity, and you started with a license transfer for the DeVita's market. Yes. Uh, Donovan family, Mike Donovan, who've owned uh, DeVita's market for many, many years, uh, has decided to retire and uh, uh, has sold the Davidas market to Bhavshek Kumar Patel mm -hmm. uh, and the Hiru Corporation. Uh, they're going to, uh, the plan is to keep it exactly like it is, uh, really no, no changes uh, to the operation. So uh, Last night, we voted the approval of the transfer of the beverage package store license and the uh, approval of pledge of liquor license uh, to uh, Hero Corporation. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a changing of the guard, so to speak, uh, a new chapter for DeVita's Market, uh, but we certainly wish Mike Donovan uh, and... Uh, uh, his family, a uh, happy uh, retirement for sure. Yeah, and I think the the key point there is that while there's a change, at least from an ownership perspective, apparently there's not much of a change planned whatsoever from the operation. So at least the community who was already going there can still do the same thing. And I think there was oh. reference to the secret sauce behind some of the sandwiches, which some people <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, some of the, I think the roles, Councilor Chandler, Chandler uh, was given away trade secrets last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you had a boatload of legislation, but we picked some of the really key ones, not to say that the others weren't important. Clearly, you spent time on them and they're important. The video's available, the agenda's available, people can go back. But at the high level, the first item you did was approve the adjustments to the final FY24 budget, which sets you up for that tax rate hearing next week, because you need to have the budget in place in order for that mathematical calculation to say, oh, based upon the assessments overall, 
this is what the tax rate is going to be. That's correct. Uh, you know, and this is kind of a, an annual thing that we need to do where we uh, need to make the adjustments so that prior to the tax hearing, which, uh, as you alluded to, and will, I'm sure, uh, reiterate two or three times uh, the course of this session that our tax hearing is next Tuesday night, where we set the tax rate uh, for next year uh next tuesday so this is kind of the a little bit of the homework that has to be done prior to us taking that vote mm -hmm. yeah and the tax rate i call it respectfully just a math exercise because once you determine the budget the board of assessors effectively and the market determines the overall assessed value of our properties and real properties and per pro personal properties and then it's simply a math <laughs> calculation it's so that on Absolutely. the one hand, while you have, quote, a hearing, yes, you do need to do that because of the bio, the mass general laws, et cetera. But you really don't have much of a choice to say, well, it's going to be this or that. It's right. it's math by that point. It, it, and that's very, uh, very well explained. Uh, it's just it's really simple math. Uh, when it comes, to, once it gets to the assessors and it comes back to us, uh, just, you know, one, one of the questions that is part of that tax hearing is whether we have a single tax rate or a dual tax rate. That's right. something that we have to vote annually. And, you know, as far back as I can remember, uh, we've always voted the single tax rate. So, but next week is that part of that's part of the vote as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think if I recall what I'm having, the, the agenda will be coming out after we post this. Um, yeah. But there's, I think, five or six specific votes Correct. to enable the entire <laughs> tax rate hearing. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. cumbersome, but under the mass general laws, those are the things we have to do. Yeah. And the real vote in terms of what the rate would be, if any control around the rate is, is effectively the one you took last night relatively quickly in terms of this is our budget. This is the money we need to get funding for. Correct. And that goes back to, oh, by the way, if you didn't vote, and there were only 3,000 of us that stepped up to vote. Uh, don't remind me of that, Steve. Uh, I, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, we do have to discuss these things. <laughs> uh, we, we, we do. It's just, uh, uh, you know, to get... 12% and for the tri-county vote, there was 6% six, 6 of the eligible voters. You know, and I get the fact that people say, well, everything's going fine, so what do we need to vote for? Well, you do. And, you know, a local election is the most important, in my mind, it's the most important vote you get to take to allow your voice to be heard. And because these are the people, the people you are electing are the people that are spending your everyday tax dollar. Mm -hmm. The $150 million budget you just approved, you yeah. know, give or take whatever, the, I, I'm rounding there, but that's a lot of money and you directly control that with Absolutely. the town administration, school administration, et cetera. You're the final vote on that. Yeah, Nobody and, else, respectfully, exactly, in the state or Fed has any say in that. That's exactly right. And to get 3,100 voters out of 24,000-something eligible voters, 
you know, uh, it's sad to me uh, yeah. that not more people. Uh, and it was nice enough day, so we can't even blame it on the weather. No, no, no. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good weather day. Yeah. All right. So, we'll spend more sorry, on that. I, enough. No. I, uh, <laughs> I retreated a little bit. I apologize. No, I I understand it's 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 a topic we can certainly and we should be continuing to talk about. It's not something we want to gloss over because it is important. It's it is how we govern as a community. And yeah. we do so well in many cases, but this is one place where we can frankly do better. Yes. Yes, sir. And moving along then, um the municipal service fees. Brutus came forward. Uh, recycling Center is gonna is proposing, and you made the first pass. There's still a second reading and approval um, because of the clothing restrictions going into the trash stream, and further in regards to specifically to the mattresses. Um, yes. There's an increase in the mattress fee when you when we have the ability, which is one of the few communities that do. We're just gonna have to pay more uh, when we bring it to the recycle center. Exactly. And the reason we have to pay more is because we have to, the community, the town has to pay more to the purveyors who take those mattresses away. And uh, we were able to, you know, in the past year, few years, we've been able to subsidize it a little from mm -hmm. uh, some of the other funds that uh some of the other items that are collected at the recycle center. But in this particular case, you know, uh, uh, mattresses, I think we we're paying 35 and uh, the jump is to $85, which everybody, you know, uh, was eye-opening to the entire council. Uh, but I thought Brutus and Doug explained it very, very well last night in the mm -hmm. sense that the uh, purveyors that are picking these up are charging more. Sure. And uh, uh, we have to we have to offset those those charges. And I think Brutus at one point said in past years we'd have three hundred, uh, six hundred, and we're projected to be at almost fifteen hundred mattresses uh, this year by the end of the calendar year. Yeah, and it was wow. Uh, and those are the kinds of things and the issues that we, you know, when it, when you're only talking about 300, then maybe there's a way to offset it a little bit. But in this particular case, uh, the feeling was that uh, we needed to up it to uh, what we're paying elsewhere. Now, at the same time, during the vote, I asked the question uh, of Brutus and the town administrator, what if waste management, because you can arrange uh, you have been able to arrange for them to pick it up. Now they're not even picking it up. Yeah, that, that, was, that was one of the key points I was going to throw in there, but you covered it perfectly because that's that's we're benefiting as a community because we are one of the few that actually do allow that. And yes, our own vendor who takes the rest of our trash and recycling doesn't even pick it up themselves. So yeah. we're kind of stuck that way. And it's really a choice and I think Brutus, I'll paraphrase Brutus, we either stop collecting or we pay closer to what we're actually costing us to get rid of it. And that effectively is the choice we're making. But I think the the other piece that to elaborate upon your the volume increase, respectfully, some of the mattresses that are going to the recycle center aren't even, quote, Franklin originated. 
there may be, you know, like other people who in other communities say hey, they're going to match us to get, oh, I know so-and-so in Franklin, they can do it. And whether it's parents or grandparents or whatever, people are bringing them here. So the volume is increasing. Yeah. <laughs> and as, a, as opposed to Brutus, you know, coming later and saying, oh, by the way, we're short like 20 grand. <laughs> Let's avoid that by doing something. Yeah. For sure. All right. Moving along. Um, and you had an interesting second vote on this one, but as the EDC had brought up, I think it was a couple of sessions ago, the snow bylaw, and then the council really wasn't comfortable with a number of aspects with it. Town administration went off, revised it, and you brought it back. But because they brought it back directly, part of your procedure piece, you were pre you preempted any potential problems by having a second vote in terms of reintroducing it and then now restarting the process formally. Yes, did exactly. I summarize, and that's, summarize that properly? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, uh, basically, the way our procedures, rules and procedures are set up in order to have a resubmission of an uh, or of a bylaw that uh, has failed, that the council has voted down. In order to bring that back uh, within a six-month period uh, after it had been voted down, it requires, if it's essentially or substantially the same bylaw, mm -hmm. and that's the piece that I had to look at closely, right. and I felt it was close enough to being uh, substantially the same that I felt the resubmission was the right way to go. And what's required with the resubmission is a two-thirds vote of the council to allow that bylaw to be resubmitted within that six month period. Right. So we took a vote to allow for the resubmission. It passed uh, unanimously. Uh, and then we were able to reinstitute or resubmit that bylaw, which was 23902. Uh, yeah, 902. Um, so then that that was resubmitted and we made some adjustments to and it's really the adjustments we took all the resident pieces out of it and basically just ran it along 140 uh and uh where they will need to clear their sidewalks uh in front or in front of their businesses and responsible uh in a responsible time frame 12 hours uh, after the snow uh, storm has stopped. Uh, so basically, it's, it's the bylaw itself is very similar to what was presented before. It was just the areas that were encompassed that changed, along with we took shoveling off the roofs as uh, off of the bylaw because that was an issue uh, I had myself and a couple of other councilors had where, you know, who's going to get up on the fourth story of a downtown uh, building and shovel off that? Mm -hmm. Mr. Yeah. Pizzini is probably not going to go up on that roof at 90 <laughs> to no. shovel off that roof, nor would we expect him to. So uh, 
again, uh, hopefully this uh, relieves some of the uh, uh, pressure from the DPW, but as well allows for people to get out onto the sidewalks sooner than they've been able to in the past. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, Councillor uh, Frangelo spoke to that in terms of uh, the intent behind it was to in continue to take steps towards making our community a walkable community, especially in all kinds of weather, especially when there's snow, then it gets cleared in a more timely fashion and things of that sort, by all means. And I think the changes were sufficient enough while the intent was there. That's why you did the reintroduction vote specifically. But the changes were sufficient that I think it was a four five vote against before. So four, four, five against. You had an eight, nothing and one absent vote. So there was much more consensus around this version of it to go forward. Absolutely. There's still a second pass coming up. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. And then the other piece we'll summarize from uh, you had another gift acceptance for veteran services. Yeah, so those are always good. good to acknowledge. Absolutely. It's always great to uh, see the community. Uh, the Elks Riders were there uh, with a donation uh, and they continuously come before us uh, with these gifts for uh our community and our veteran services, and we just can't uh, can't thank them enough for uh, the continuous support of the community. Uh, you know, there were a lot of individuals that uh, we had two. We had one for a thousand dollars from the Elks Riders early on. They were there to present that check. I think they've given over five thousand dollars in the last few years. Uh, and this is the second time they've come in with a thousand dollars for veteran services this year. And then there was a group of individuals uh, that uh, made uh, donations to the veteran services department through the municipal uh, assistance fund, Grove Street Auto, uh, Joan and Ken Ogilvy, Ginley Funeral Home, Jeanette Hart, Tina Powderly, Mark and Kara Witt. Diane and James Jackson, Paul and Donna Peliquins, Susan Kevin Saywood, Betty Joe Gagan, Anne Marie Brunser, Gerald and Margaret McGrath, and Edward and Marion Singay. Uh, and that donation totaled $1,975. And I think it's important that we recognize those people uh, and those individuals, as well as the businesses and the organizations that continue to support our veterans. Uh, services. So we yeah. thank them all for that. Yeah, definitely. Thanks to all and kudos as well to Shannon for taking time to get the names of all the individuals of the riders. And if I recall, it was probably a dozen <laughs> theirs, but she she announced each separate name properly. And yeah, that's it's it's good. And I think the visibility that they've had through the council donations, that group itself has grown. Just the riders has grown to 32 in yes. the past couple of years. So that in itself is a good thing. Absolutely it is. So that kind of recaps. And again, I'll remind the listeners, uh, certainly the links are available through the Franklin TV, Franklin News, uh, to the full video. Uh, the audio will be coming out as well uh, with my other extended notes because I did catch up to the meeting after it actually happened. 
Um, but I think that fairly recaps the significant pieces, which is not to say we the other pieces that you didn't were weren't significant, <laughs> but it, it, it's fair. So yeah, it, it is fair for sure. And obviously, before we close, I would certainly like to take the opportunity to wish all of the residents and all of our listeners a very happy Thanksgiving, happy holiday season. Uh, it might be a little bit before we uh, check in again, but uh, uh, certainly a happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yep, it'll be it'll still be a busy time. I know even for the calendar, this weekend is chock full with a bunch of events. So people have plenty of choices to do between Black Box Circle of Friends, Dean College, the high school. I the, the calendar is just busy. It's so, it's, it's so many, things, so many and, things for our community to participate in. It's great stuff. So, yep. and then if they don't want to spend the time watching the tax rate hearing Tuesday night, there's also the Fenway Park uh, opportunity to see the Thanksgiving football game between Franklin and KP. So yeah. that continues the opportunities. Um, yes. Thursday morning, I'm looking forward to doing the walk at the Turkey Trot, so then I can have that extra piece of pie with dessert later. <laughs> okay. Yes. And then there's still a full schedule that weekend after, of course, Black Friday next, and everything else is going on. Weekends are full. Uh, yeah. are full yeah. of good things for the community, good things for the residents and the children of our community with uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus, many things going on. Many Life things going on, on, indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you again for taking time. I, I know I appreciate it. It gives me a chance to confirm, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's why we're doing this. And hopefully the listeners and residents and taxpayers have a similar appreciation as well. Uh, thank you, Steve. And thank you again for having me. And I look forward to uh, continuing uh, uh, ongoing quarterbacking sessions as we move into the new year. Indeed. Yes. And quick reminder for the listeners, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.